Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Welcome again, Touch Heaven. Glad you're here this morning. Thank you for coming. It looks like a beautiful sunny day, but your day will be brighter when you started in the house of the Lord. Amen. And for those of you online, thank you for joining us wherever you're at. Uh, Jeffrey was just telling me about a friend that I didn't know has been watching. What is her first name? You don't know her first name. Well, are you sure you heard this or did you just dream it? Hello. Put Jeff on too. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he knows her name. Who's he? Diane. Okay. Okay, Diane. Pastor Brian says Diane. Diane, welcome. And uh, Frank, way out in, in L.A., thanks for getting up early with us. And those that are down under and those over in Africa, bless you. And India, bless you. And Israel, bless you. Those who are uh, just in bed about one mile away, get out of bed and get in here, will you please? And uh, the Lord bless you and keep you all, right? Let's give the Lord a hand and welcome them all. Thank you, Jesus. If you would, uh, if you would get ready that little blip we have um, from Andre Bicelli, listen to this little testimony a moment, if you will, please. You, you know, I have the, the great honor of serving uh, a, min a couple ministries uh, in a side to touch heaven, and a couple of those are, are generals, I call them, in television ministry, and one such is TBN and Matt and Lori uh, Crouch. And for about a year, I've watched this develop, this very special, this Christmas special that they've been developing and producing with a lot of thought, a lot of prayer, a lot of leading of the Lord, and uh, about a month ago, at a, uh, a, a board meeting, a board meeting for, uh, for those of us who are advising, we saw this preview and then they developed it a little bit more and then a couple days ago it was released and it was also sent to me. And I want you to see this and I want you to know a little bit of the background of this. Um, Bocelli has sort of had an affinity now with TBN and there's been a relationship built and it's been built mostly in Italy and this particular filming took a long time. And one of the things they did was they lifted up this piano, this grand piano, by helicopter. And they took it to the top of the mountain because they needed snow, and it was painted red. And you'll see that for a moment. And, and he's playing that um, up at the top of this mountain. Now, this is very special because he included his family, his son, Matthew, and the little girl, the little daughter, the little angel in voices and singing, and this was all produced um, by Matt in TBN, and it's gonna come out. I personally, uh, when he asked me my thoughts, I said on a chill meter, uh, in the goosebump meter, it's, it's a 10. It starts at the beginning and never quits, and, and uh, I just can't wait for the whole thing to get released. It'll be a special, you'll see it. But it'll also be, I'm pretty sure, as things go like that, I don't know what awards they receive, but I know there's one in heaven. But this thing is award-winning. It's done that well. And it's done that special. And the anointing in it is just, uh, I mean, you know, this, this family and this man was gifted with one of the best voices ever, ever. So let's turn the lights down and let's turn the sound up. Let's not make it too soft and enjoy this for a moment. It's not that long.
Look outside, the stars are shining bright Even though it's turned a little colder We can light a fire, stay inside Hear the angels sing chills the bones, doesn't it? I mean, what voices, and especially his voice. Wow, thank you, Lord. I can't wait to see the whole thing. I saw little parts of it. There's actually a, uh, 
a Christmas dinner, that's, that's his home. There's a Christmas dinner in his home. And, uh, and it's blessed and dedicated to, uh, to all of those who believe for Christmas. Isn't that awesome? Father, I thank you, Lord, for the word of the Lord. I ask you, Lord, to, to make it quick and powerful. And, and, and Father, help us to grasp it. Even though we're going to go a little deep, Lord, let it be simple. Thank you, Father, that we hold on to your promises, to your covenant, to your favor. Let it elucidate our faith and our spirit and our understanding that, Lord, we might be able to meet in our mind what is the mind of Christ. Thank you for this, Lord. Help your servant, Father, to stick to what is only glorifying you in Jesus' name. Amen. And all of God's people said, We have heard far too long that there's no such thing as works. Now, it's a yes and a no to that. And so I asked you a question this week as I sent you an email. And that question is, is it possible? Is it possible in order to have unmerited grace, which you cannot earn, and favor, which you work for? Do they clash? Well, we would, if we were just answering quick of cuff very quickly, we'd say it's not possible because we are saved by grace, not by works, correct? Philippians 2. But the, the truth of the matter is that there's something beyond salvation of being saved by grace. Saved by grace, if you will, is your ticket to the dance. But once you're there, then works matter and works bear fruit but the works aren't the kind of works that we have to try to strive and do in our own power but they are works that are already accomplished in the power of Christ I'm sort of moving forward a little bit they can both and they do both coexist in our Christian faith I wrote this and I'm going to read what I wrote, there is unmerited grace, unmerited grace, that's the grace that comes from Christ and God alone, which yields the favor of a new covenant. We walk into that new covenant through Jesus Christ, but you can unlock favor in that covenant through faith that works. And I refer to this as merited favor. So you have unmerited favor unto salvation, but you have merited favor under works that bear fruit. And this is abounding in covenant relationship so that the fullness of the Godhead and all of the abundance of the new covenant can be released through you and in you. So this is the revelation of unmerited grace that unlocks abundant favor through works. Now, I often teach and preach, everything must be founded and grounded in the Word of God, right? We're building upon the firm foundation of the Word of God with good, firm, and sometimes fresh revelation. So let's go to Colossians chapter 2, starting in verse 6, and let's read this for a moment. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the Pauline revelation. And it starts off in verse 6 and says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Remember I just told you there's something 
It's another step beyond the salvation, the grace by salvation. There's something when you walk in and work. That word walk is equivalent to work. Walking in the faith, working in the faith, walking in the faith, working, doing works within the faith, it does what? It releases an abundance. And when that abundance is released, it's called abounding with thanksgiving. Abounding with thanksgiving. Many times people who receive Jesus Christ and they believe in God. They're not walking in the abundance of the Lord because they're not doing the things, walking and working in the things of God to release the abundance of God. The abundance of God isn't synonymous with salvation by grace. The abundance of God is synonymous with walking in the Spirit, which is equivalent to working in the Spirit. We need to be able, if you will, to unleash and unlock those things of God that are embedded in the new covenant for you and for me. And Paul got this revolution, this revelation. It was a revolution, by the way. He got this revelation. And so now that we can unlock this, how do we do it and what is it? Well, first of all, we understand only through the revelation, the mystery of Jesus Christ, we understand the fullness of the Godhead. Without the revelation of the mystery of Jesus Christ, which Paul went through in detail, we never receive the understandings of the fullness of God. In fact, it becomes an issue, doesn't it? When I was doing my journey uh, in the Jewish faith and coming through the temple, you, you didn't dare try to understand or declare or proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord because the, 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 the decree, the credo, is the Lord God is one, Adonai. The Lord God is one. Adonai is one God. And so if you're multiplying gods, then all of a sudden you're not in the Judeo faith. But we understand through the mystery of Jesus Christ that there's three persons that are the Lord, right? We have the Father, Abba, and we have the Son who came in the flesh and revealed himself as the Father brought him, but did more than that, he established a new covenant which fulfilled all the other covenants and allowed us an access to promises and promises and favor and favor. And in so doing, the one thing and the last thing that he made sure that we received was the revelation of the Holy Spirit. He said, I must go and I'm going to send you one. He's called the Comforter. And he's going to do greater things than I could do myself here on earth. And he's going to abide in you and he's going to abide with you. And he's going to pray to the Father for you and he's going to pray in agreement with you. And we get all of that revelation of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. The fullness of the Godhead. Well, the fullness of the Godhead releases to us the revelation of the mystery of the fullness of the covenant, and the covenant of God in the new covenant is the fullness of all of his promises and his favor. So if you will, I'm still building upon the favor of God, but now we're going to do so by understanding the power of covenant relationship with God. The power of covenant relationship with God. So I want to take us to that a little while. We're just going to scratch the earth. We're not in a hurry. We may deal with this for a little while. It may become, if you will, a little mini-series. But if we're walking, walking in the framework of, company, of covenant, then we can be assured that this framework will yield dividends of favor. Dividends of favor in God. 
Do you remember as I was at the keyboard and, and was expounding, I said to you that David longed, he would have longed to have what we have in this relationship of the new covenant. He was at the Davidic covenant and probably didn't even know it. In fact, he may have thought that he blew it, right? I mean, his one son, Absalom, the whole house was messed up. His family became divided. His own son tried to kill him. His other son died. It was, it was a messed up relationship with God, yet he was in covenant with God. What does it teach us from that? What it teaches us is that God's a covenant-keeping God. He kept his covenant with David when David didn't keep his covenant with God. Now we move to the fullness of the covenant relationship, and Jesus Christ has said, once and for all, I'm your mediator. By my blood, this covenant is fulfilled. And we have scripture after scripture that tells us that the Lord says, even in Jeremiah, if there wasn't a day and a night anymore, or if the celestial heavens weren't held in place by me, then my covenant could be annulled, but it will not. And so every day when we look up in the heavens and we see the stars, every morning when we wake up with the sun, every night when the sun goes down, this is a remembrance of the Lord of the covenant of God that he says, I will keep it forever and ever and ever. And as we said, to the thousandth generation. There's power in covenant relationship with the Lord. Now, real quick, the Pentateuch is, most of you know, but it's good to get a foundation. What, that's the first five books of the Bible, right? Literally called the books of Moses as well because it's thought that Moses had to scribe those books. And in the Hebrew scriptures, it's called Torah. This is the Torah. The first five books are the Torah. After that, you have the prophets. And that's why Jesus said what? You had the law and the prophets and then came John and John ushered in the new covenant through Jesus Christ. He was the one that was preparing the way. The law and the prophets. The law is the first five books called the Torah. Literally in Hebrew what the Torah means is the teaching. It's the teaching. And so you had the teaching with Moses and that became the law. And God showed through that several Covenants. Now, there could be so many covenants that are called promises. We don't know what there are. There are seven major ones, but I want to deal with five, and, and I want to start with the book of Genesis. Now, there's a word, the very first word in the, the Pentateuch, in the Torah, is a word called Bereshith. Bereshith. Bereshith in Hebrew means in beginning. In beginning. There was no thought in it. In beginning. In beginning. God. In beginning, God. So we see Bereshith. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Bereshith. In the beginning. This was the first covenant of God. The first covenant of God was he created heaven and earth for what? For his creation. God created heaven and earth here so that he might be able to manifest his whole creation. And then as we read in Genesis, this, this multiplies and grows, and everything in it, he says, you know, let there be light, and the light came forth. He said, let there be fish in, in the waters, and divide the heaven and the firmament, and the waters came forth, and the land came forth. And then he put things in the water, and he put things in the air, and then he created man, the species man, in his image. That was what it was all about. And he said, I give this creation of mine in my image dominion. That was another covenant. There's a covenant with the species man, which you happen to be part of, unless you don't know it. And there are people who don't know that, 
right? I mean, I did a, a special about two, 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 three years ago. Dwayne, correct me if I'm wrong, and boy, did we get a lot of flack from that. It made Newsweek, it made Rolling Stone, it made all kind of stuff. And what I said was the species man is being so distorted by all this genderizations that people are going to get to the point where it's okay to have a relationship with a cow and have sex with a cow. And boy, did that ring some bells. But the good news with that was that it opened them up to read what I was saying. And I got stuff from all kind of places. I got it from witches in England, and I got it from humanists, and I, I, I don't know, somehow the LGBT community got involved in it and said I was bashing LGBT. I, I got bashed by everybody, but the good news was that it opened some minds and eyes. And at that time, they had 16 major genders, but when I added them up, it came to 62, even to the point even to the point that people were beginning to declare they were more of an animal than they were of a human. And they were, they were dressing up and changing their faces and having plastic surgery to look like a cat, to look like a dog, to look like all kind of things. Genderization began to lose it. Why? Because that's an attack on the very covenant of God that he made you in his image. He made me in his image, and he told us to be fruitful and to multiply, not different images, but to multiply his image. And the children and the seed that come forth are in his image. And so we understand that the attack that's on mankind right now and upon the body of Christ and trying to unseat Christ and the very creator himself is, is an attack on the image of God. And so it's how you feel, not how you're born. It's not your biology, it's your cosmology. It's whatever you want it to be. Well, today I'm feeling a little female, so I'm female today. But tomorrow I'm feeling like a lion. So I'm a lion today, and tomorrow, I don't know what I'm feeling like, but that's my right, and you can't take it from me. And because it's my right, and you can't take it from me, I'm allowed to impose it on you. Well, no. No, the truth of the matter is, no, that's crossing a line. Why do we need to be so strong against that? Because it is fundamentally trying to erase the very covenant of God with his creation, man, both male and female, right? Both male and female. Man is species. Male and female are the two genders of the species. There ain't any more. And it requires the two to make the one. Amen? Now, we can, let's go fast forward on that. God had Adam, and, you know, whether we like it or not, something about a rib, so, you know, there's an extra rib that came out, and, and, it, and it made a woman. I don't understand the rib completely. I have my own ideas about it, but that's one of the questions I'll ask when I get to those. I got a whole bunch of questions when I get to heaven to get my theology correct, right? But this I know that he said they will come together. And in that, they're going to what? They're gonna create between the seed of the man and the egg of the woman, they're gonna create seed. And that seed is going to be multiplied and fruitful and it's gonna bring forth. And we understand that that's a covenant of God. There's a covenant of God between man and woman and, and this is a key for you to understand your covenant relationship with God. It's not physical, it's spiritual. And that covenant relationship of man and woman with God in marriage becomes as one. Ah, fast forward. You have enter into covenant relationship with God through the blood of Jesus. You are no longer yourself. You're one. 
with God. You and God. You have intimate relationship. Because you have intimate relationship, that's covenant. As I was explaining to you, covenant is requires intimate relationship. It requires a relationship. Marriage requires a relationship. That's why the attack on marriage and the attack on a man and a woman in marriage is also trying to destroy another covenant of God. When your eyes get opened up and you see there's an attack and, and you say, well, is this a political attack? No, they're just puppets. They're puppets who are being deceived and deluded with other things that they think are greater calls than the call of God. They're thinking that it's more important for anybody to have and be whatever they want to have and be than it is to be in obedience in the covenant of God. And because of that, there's not the abundance of God. And so any government, any state, any nation, any county, any city that begins to dilute the, the blessings of God, you will begin to see the fruits get pretty bad. Crime. Hmm? Crime. Calling good evil and evil good. Not only crime, but you begin to see where even the things that we love and have been age old, such as sports, begins to go by the wayside. And a man can call himself a woman and all of a sudden he's outperforming the women. Boy, I keep praying for that one woman who's going to outperform a man. I want to see them what the men have to say because they're being pretty quiet. And some of the women are standing out, but not enough of them. And the people in charge of sports aren't saying enough, are they? They're not saying enough. It's because everybody's intimidated and afraid to shake the boat. Interesting how some of the third world countries draw a line. <laughs> Kenya drew a line. Kenya. Kenya drew a line. Maybe that's why God gave us such a place in Kenya. But I remember when then President Obama went over there and he was promising them to help them uh, to overcome uh, 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 birth problems and said, if you will embrace abortion, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of money. They told him to go home. They told him to go home. They said, we don't want that. And many of the third world nations whom you would think would receive the political thought that it's, it's helpful to have less children because you can't afford them, they said, no, 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 no. We, we, we're not grasping that. They held on to their faith and their belief. So covenant is extremely important. And when you begin to see the, I, I don't like using the word evolution of covenant, but when you begin to see the building upon building of covenant, everything you begin to read in the Bible as a promise in favor of God and a condition of God is covenant related. And when you begin to accept it as covenant with God, it's not fearful, it's actually a blessing. It brings joy because the truth sets you free. When you know the truth, the word of God tells us the truth will set you free. When you know the truth, you're not confused. You don't have to decide, how do I choose between this and that? And even if somebody you respect and love begins to tell you something that's untruth, it's okay to grab the truth because then you know it's truth. Correct? I mean, it's wonderful that children are standing up to parents who have gone sideways. Not, not in rebellion, not in dishonor, but they're saying that's not truth. And it's wonderful that parents are standing up to some teachers who are beginning to teach untruths to children. I mean, 
we need to see more of that. It's good that parents are going into school boards and say, hey, get that stuff out of our, we don't want that in our classrooms. And we know that it's politicized. I'm not gonna tell you it's not, it's politicized. You know, it's, it's put in, check the box of conservatism. But now it seems to be where your conservatives and even your progressive liberals are trying to meet in the middle and they use this word moderate. You know what moderate is? In the book of Revelation, chapter three to the church of Laodicea, what does God say? He said, I'm gonna spit you out of my mouth because I would rather you were hot or you're cold, but you're lukewarm, you're moderate. Moderate doesn't taste good to God. Moderate's the wrong temperature to God. The right temperature to God is he likes stuff real hot. Now, I know some of you can eat stuff hot and spicy, I cannot. I know you can eat it turned up. My father-in-law used to love his coffee to where it would burn my lip. That guy would get it nice and hot and he was getting it hot from the donut house or wherever else he went to go get his coffee. So hot that it would burn your skin off. I said, how could a guy do that that hot? And then some other people like it really cold and get a brain freeze, right? I can't do either of those. But I'll tell you one thing, I don't wanna be lukewarm. Moderate is lukewarm, so don't be fooled by a label moderate. Moderate's lukewarm. Moderate's saying, you know, I wanna hold on to this, but I wanna satisfy this. And the bottom line is that's just somebody wanting to get elected to something. And if they're really getting elected moderate, they don't have conviction, just telling you. They don't have conviction. I'd rather have the person that loses and tell me I'm not going for that. I'm not going for it. And now the big question, and I guess I'm getting too political, but I really don't care because I don't have a job. <laughs> not a job preaching, I have a job. I have a job working like most of you, and I can't be fired from that either because I work for myself. <laughs> Is it God good? So yeah, I'm getting a little political on it. But the truth of the matter is, is we need to be able to stand our ground and speak what is truth. And truth needs to come from the pulpit. And truth needs to come from the people with the pulpit. Because something as I was writing it this morning, very early, and, and musing on it, is I was giving God thankfulness, abounding thankfulness, like I read to you in Colossians, for for being a pastor, being your pastor. I was thanking God for that. And I was saying, Lord, thank you so much. And with it comes what? It comes a covenant relationship. And I was thanking God for you and for those who are involved with us in ministry wherever it is. If you recall, a few years back, I did a very lengthy study and teaching on the spheres of the kingdom of God. We have spheres of influence. And those spheres of influence that God gives us, they come with a covenant relationship. We're in relationship. We're all in relationship together. We're in relationship. Relationship means that I don't have the right to judge you by a moment. And hopefully, you choose not to judge me by a moment, because if we do, we all fail. Huh? Nobody makes it. But when we're in relationship, in a covenant relationship, God says his loving kindness lasts forever. Break that word in two. His love, ing, means it's, it's, it's in a different tense. It's in a tense that's still active. Love, ing, active love. His active love is motivating him to keep covenant 
because of his divine attribute of kindness. God chooses to be kind. And in that kindness, it equivocates to favor. God's love, his active love, is producing favor. Favor for you in a covenant relationship, an intimate relationship. So, you know, I, I blow it. How many of you, you have perfect days every day, right? You, you don't blow anything. How many of you, you know, you never get ticked off on the, on, on the highway. You don't get ticked off in the grocery line. You don't, you know, nothing ticks you off. You're just having a wonderful, wonderful walk in the Lord. Yeah, yeah. If that's that one person here, put your hand up and we're all going to bow down to you a couple times. Yeah. Listen, I have my days, right, Gene? Gene, you have your days? Yeah. I was talking to Mark and I about you last night, by the way, so I got a little more insight about you. I sat at a table with him. Known Mark since he was in fifth grade. Knew his daddy really well. And his, Jeff's daddy and I had a great relationship with the old judge, Don Hanna. But leaving that aside, you know, I got old roots in this town, right? Leaving that aside, leaving that aside, we need to be so cognizant, so cognizant of intimate relationship. I feel very comfortable coming into our church because I know when I come that you love me and I would pray you know that I love you. And when that intimate comes together, we have covenant relationship. When we have covenant relationship, we have power. We have authority and we are able to stand in the gap for one another. Our prayers matter. Do you know that, that and I'm not saying other places don't. I, I, every, God answers prayer. He hears you. It's part of his covenant. But we have a very powerful prayer movement in this house. It may not have numbers. It may not have a thousand people praying. But I'm going to tell you something. When the prayer warriors start to pray, things happen. Things break. And they break sometimes very quickly. And it's all glory to God. And miracles and testimonies come out about God very quietly, very quietly. We don't march people up and down the, the stage and put a microphone in front of them and have them testify what God just did for them and then throw them back out like dog meat to go back out to wherever they came from and ask people to send money. Huh? Give God glory. It's all about God. 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 <laughs> In that instance, it's covenant relationship. So I want to just touch on a few more little things today, and we're going to have time to expand on this. In the beginning, Genesis. And so we have the covenant of Adam and Eve. And then the next major covenant we have is Noah. We talked about it, right? And the earth had become so filled with sin. What happened was sin became rampant because there was nothing to stop sin. There wasn't a law. There wasn't anything codified. People didn't fear God anymore. In fact, we had those that were glorifying murder that came from the Abel and Cain issue. It multiplied murder. It multiplied sin. Sound a little familiar today? So God destroyed the earth, and that was a covenant. He entered into a covenant with Noah afterwards. He said, I will never again destroy the earth by water, which means he could have. And it means he decided not to. And so he gave us the what? The rainbow, the keshet, the beautiful rainbow. It's called keshet in Hebrew. 
And in that instance, he says, every time you see this, remember my covenant. I don't know about you, but multiple times in my life, I've had a rainbow occur. We've had rainbows occur. And they've been times, sometimes when we really don't need an affirmation of the covenant or we don't think we do, and other times when we desperately need it. I know I was headed once in Miami and things were pretty bad, financially crashing. We just started in a recession in 2008. I saw everything I've been working for just disappearing overnight. The, the, the sleepless nights about the debt, my heart breaking about, am I gonna have to let some good people go? What are they gonna do with their families? How are we gonna make it? What's gonna happen? What's next? At the same time as the enemy would do it, maybe not in your life, but I think so, it was as if there was a strategy to destroy me. There were weapons that were formed to, to take me down and even spiritual weapons came against me. People came against me and began to declare things that weren't right or fair. And there were some issues with the tissues, huh? I had a thing ringing in my ear and the doctor said I had a tumor and that he needed to cut it out of my head and most likely I would be paralyzed, but if not, I would surely lose my eye and my ear. Yeah, all of that came down at one time. And you know, I'm, I'm holding on strong in that faith at work. I'm walking in the spirit. I'm trying to, but I have to be honest with you, it was getting hard. It was getting real hard. It's like, ah. And then what do you start to do? The next thing you do, if you fear God and you have any sensitivity or not, you begin to look in a little book and the book's not so nice. And you begin to say, did I cause this to happen by this or did I do that? We start a self-examination, don't we? What brought this about? And we begin to self-incriminate. And the more we self-incriminate, the less we begin to feel good about ourselves and our faith. And we're shattered and we're hanging on by fingertips and the words that people say, they can cut you apart or they can lift you up but they're not gonna hold on. And I'll never remember, I'll never forget, I was headed down to a meeting and I was on what is called the 836, the Don Shula, very busy. And I took a turn and a bend and it had just been finished uh, raining and there was a rainbow. And it went from, it looked like from our home, which was all the way over away, took a long time to get to from out on the East Coast by my, in Miami, over to where offices were in Doral. Now, by the way the bird flies, that's not too long. You could hop there in a, in a balloon probably in five, six, seven, eight minutes, but on the freeway, it's about an hour plus because of all the traffic. The traffic stopped me enough to see that rainbow. And then I did something that I hadn't done in years. You see, when I, when I was trying to find my way in the living God, and I became aware he was living, but I didn't know him as Jesus. I knew him as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, as Abba. I knew him as Adonai. I hadn't had the revelation of the mystery of Jesus Christ. Oh, I knew about Jesus. A lot of people know about God, but they don't know God, right? The word says even the demons know that God is, but they're not obedient in worshiping God. And I'll never forget, I was down in Dayton, and I went down there to find my way and I'd just come out of, just coming out of what a walk that was, a secular walk. 
And I took a long walk that morning. By that time, I had been declared unfit by family because I said I was talking to God. And I was. God was talking to me. I don't know about that conversation. God was certainly patient with me because I didn't know what I was saying, but I knew I was hearing because the things of God were directing me in the word and the walk of God. So I began to take a long walk. I don't know how many miles it was, about an hour out. And then I realized I needed to come back. And all of a sudden, I cried out to the Lord and I said, Lord, I'm all alone now. I'm all alone. I'm in a place I don't even know where I'm at. I'm absolutely broke. I don't know what tomorrow brings. I'm all alone. I listened to you. I came here. I don't even know why I'm here. What am I doing? And I said, if, if, if you're here, if you hear me, all I wanted to know was God heard me. That's all I wanted. I wasn't asking him for a car. I wasn't asking him for money. I wasn't asking him for food. I was desperate. I just wanted to know that I wasn't crazy. That the judge who ruled I couldn't see my daughter because the part of my Jewish family said he may sacrifice her because he says he's talking to God. And Abraham almost sacrificed Isaac. That's cruel. But they didn't know any better. The only thing I was hanging on to was that little girl. And I'm walking back and I said, Lord, I just want to know that you hear me. I just, my eyes were closed. And it was like a wind blew across me and I looked up in the sky and it was already dark and a shooting star went across. Those happen all the time. I was ready to say, Lord, if that was you, I want to see another one. But you know, God hears you before you say it. Before it could come out of my mouth, another one. I said, oh my God, you hear me. And he spoke very clearly to me. He said, son, run, run back. Because when the phone rings at the house you're staying at, that will be your daughter. I said, what? But I ran. I ran and I ran and I ran. I was drenching wet. I was huffing and puffing. I literally, literally ran out of one of my shoes. I didn't go back. I ran because I was desperate, desperate for something to break that moment. And I was beginning to understand covenant with God. He cared. God cares. I got there. I knocked on the door. Who was then my brother-in-law? The only place that he was the only one who would take me for a little while. And that's because I used to sell him drugs. So I don't know if he thought he was going to get something out of it. It was different. We were young. The door opened. The phone began to ring. I said, will you get the phone? That's Carissa. That's my daughter calling. He said, what? I said, that's Carissa. He got on the phone and a little girl's voice said, I want to talk to my daddy. I want to talk to my daddy. Beloved, talk to your daddy. My daddy arranged for my daughter to talk to her daddy. She didn't have much to say. Daddy, where are you? I said, I'm, I'm a ways right now, honey. I'm going to see you tonight. I can't be there today, honey, but I'm coming back. <laughs> Prophetically, I'm coming back. Your daddy's coming back. And I'm telling you something, that carried me for a long time because he's a covenant God who's in relationship with us. 
in relationship with us. So there I am broken down in Miami, not that desperate. I mean, I knew Jesus, but pretty desperate. I get the one rainbow and before I could say it, I get the second rainbow on top of each other, bright, vivid. And I said, Lord, you are a covenant keeping God. And I heard four words back, I love you, son. Loving kindness of God will never fail you in covenant with God. And the good news is, Jesus is right there at the right hand of the Father, mediating everything for you. He's there. He's your power of attorney. He's your comp He's sitting there appealing your case in every end. He's there annulling all your failures. He's there giving the Father the blood-cleansed lens to look through that sees you as righteousness, no matter what you are, the righteousness of God. And when you step up and you say, you know what, Lord? I'm going to put some feet on this faith. I'm going to work. I'm going to make you my priority. I'm going to quit listing other things before you. And everything I do, Lord, I'm not saying I'm not going to work. No, 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 no. I'm going to work as unto the Lord. And everything I do, I'm going to make sure the kingdom is first. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness through Christ. He'll take care of everything else. It's the favor of the new covenant. No other covenant had that favor. Abraham had blessings, but Abraham longed to see that day, says in John 8. The blessings of Abraham, yes, we are blessed in them with the Abrahamic covenant. That brought forth Jesus Christ. Moses had blessings, but he didn't get to uh, go into the promised land. Noah had to lose everything and everybody and everything, and then he got a covenant. Isaac and Jacob, they built upon the covenant of Abraham. But then came Jesus, a new covenant, established by his blood, a blood that never dries up once and for all, so that you don't have to work to your salvation, but you are entitled and able to have faith that works the abundance and favor of God in everything you do. Do you, know, do you know the confidence I have in faith? The confidence I have in faith, some of it's experiential and some of it is just I keep declaring it. I'm sharing myself, you relate how you wish. I'm just being transparent. The confidence I have in faith is I know the Word of God and I know that every one of those promises fulfilled in Jesus Christ for me. I know it's not a history book or a story about somebody else. I know it's relating to me. I know that if David could kill Goliath, I can kill Goliath. I know that if David could, could, could grab a lion and pull his mouth apart, I can pull a lion's mouth apart. I know I could stand against a storm and tell it to be calm. I know I could speak to a disease and tell it to be gone. I know I could speak to the dead and tell them to raise. I know that I can rebuke demons and devils and that I can walk in the power of God through fiery furnaces. I know, I know, I know because his word tells me so and I am in covenant relationship relationship with him through Jesus Christ and no matter what I see no matter what I hear no matter what happens I have made up my mind I will not be moved sometimes it's hard but God always wins and God always pulls out 
And there's always a rainbow. There's always a rainbow to brighten up the doom and gloom. Amen. That's as far as I'm going this morning. I have a lot more. I'm just scratching the surface, surface about covenant relationship in the favor of God and the promises of God. How many of you say, okay, I heard enough of that. I don't want to hear it anymore. Or how many of you say, hey, let's take this journey together and get some more of it. Amen. 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 Give the Lord a hand. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Father. Bless you, Lord. We have such a good God. He amazes me in so many ways. You know, um, don't exclude God from any part of your passions and desires. Okay? I mean that. Don't exclude Him from any part of it. You know, if there's things that you do, then include God in it. It's okay to ask God to make you good at it. It's okay to ask God to give it a good result, right? It's okay to ask God to, to do something um, that is a passion of your heart. As long as you're obedient to God and it conforms with His Word, ask Him. Because if you don't ask Him, then He doesn't hear. And you're just asking God regardless to just bless everything that you do regardless of what you do or don't do. So do it and ask it and walk it and work your faith. Because faith without works is dead. Understood? People can have faith to believe in Jesus but not have faith that walks and works in God because their faith is dead. How do you keep it alive? You keep it alive. You have faith that works. And that faith that works yields fruit. Amen. All right, this is the time where we're taking a collection for the work of God. We're blessed. We've got a team headed to Africa. We've got some more money to send there. We're propping up our leadership and our pastors over there. We want to make sure that we equip them, that they get activated. So we have uh, Pastor Patty going off, heading up the team with Pastor Ralph and Minister Dwayne, and they're going to be heading off November 12th. And uh, they're going to land there, and there's going to be a power-packed time of ministry where they're going to pour out, activate, teach, equip, and, and prophesy over our pastors and leaders and churches in Africa. And uh, we've asked them to cut it back so that they could focus on the pastors and the leaders and not just an open conference. Because we want to equip them to do that work. Amen? We want to equip them to do that work. How many, I think the last I heard, there's 23 or 24 dialects that are spoken amongst our churches there. How can we possibly communicate with everybody? We can't. But if the people who speak the dialect, who walk that culture, if they're equipped and trained and do it in the way that we could do it, God will bless them to do it better than we can do it. Amen. We don't need to be proud. We need to do our work and to do our service, to walk in the faith that God's given.